Well, we are in the middle of a series called Overcome, and uh, each week we're looking at um, different words, different situations, circumstances of life. And uh, today we look at the word adversity, we experience adversity. And, uh, you know, as the video describes it, there's those storms that come into our life. I mean, how do we, how do we receive those storms, those challenges? How, how do we receive that adversity? And uh, what does the Bible have to say to us that can lead us to an elevated place where we can actually overcome uh, adversity even before it happens? That's what we're going to try to try to look at uh, look at today. As we do that, um, first place to start, I think, is just to to realize that the Bible would challenge us to understand to just expect adversity. That it, it's something that's not only part of a broken world, uh, but if you're a Christ follower in the room today, uh, you should know that that's part of the package. That, that, well, we say, look, we're a Christ follower, that we want to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. And, and uh, wouldn't you agree that if we follow the footsteps of Jesus, Jesus met with some adversity in life? And if we're going to follow Jesus, then, then we should just expect. That adversity is part of the package. That adversity is going to come our way. Jesus tells us that. He's with his disciples here in John 16, uh, getting ready for that experience of the cross and that ultimate time of adversity in his life. And um, as he speaks to him, he says this, Do you really believe me? You see, it's a faith question. Do you really believe me? The time will come, and is already here, when all of you will be scattered. Each of you will go back home and leave me by myself. But the Father will be with me, and I won't be alone. I have told you this, so that you might have peace in your hearts because of me. While you are in the world, you will have to suffer. What did he just tell you? He's going to meet adversity. But he's already okay with the adversity because he knows God is with him. The Father is with him. He's going to meet adversity. He's going to overcome adversity. But he sets us up to understand adversity is to be expected. If you're in the world, you can expect adversity. If you're a Christ follower, you can expect. You're going to have seasons in your life that are just filled with challenges and adversity and storms. We should just expect it. 
But notice how he ends what he says to them. But, cheer up, I have defeated the world. What did he just tell us? Well, we can expect adversity, of course. We can expect adversity. But part of expecting adversity as a Christ follower already in and of itself elevates us above the adversity. We understand. We can expect adversity. And so because we expect it and because we know Jesus is stronger, greater than any adversity we'll face, we can overcome it. You see, it's an attitude for us that says we understand adversity. We understand it's going to happen in our lives. We get it. We know it. Okay. But we also know that Jesus is greater than any adversity. So from the beginning, if we have that attitude, that faith attitude that says, hey, listen, I believe that Jesus is greater. Then when adversity comes, it doesn't surprise us. And when adversity comes, we are already in a position to say, I can beat this through Christ. I can deal with this. You see, it, just in that attitude, just in that understanding, it brings us to a higher place, doesn't it? Just, just having that awareness in our life already puts us in a position of overcome. We already know. We already know it's going to happen, and we already know that Jesus is greater than whatever is going to happen in our lives. Now, that's not to underestimate adversity. It's not to underestimate the pain and the difficulty, the hard experience of adversity. It's tough. We should expect adversity to be hard. Again, it's part of the overcoming of it. If, if we know what's coming and we know it's going to be hard, when it comes, we can receive it. We can understand, yeah, this is tough. And we don't have to, again, beat ourselves up somehow because we're not feeling stronger and, and somehow not feeling more faithful. And No, it's tough. Of course it's hard. We should expect that. And because we understand that it's coming and because we understand it's hard, we can also understand we can get beyond it and get above it. This is the way Peter describes it. Dear friends, don't be surprised or shocked that you're going through testing. Expect it, right? Don't be surprised or shocked that you're going through testing. That is like walking through fire. In his view, what's the image of what, what adversity is like? It's like walking through fire. Volunteers? Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> it's tough stuff, right? I mean, you put your hand on the stove lately, that, that stings for days, right? Absolutely. I, I mean, we need to be upfront. We need to be honest. We need to be relevant and clear. Adversity is hard. It's hard. Of course it is. And we should just expect it's going to be hard. And not somehow try to deny the difficulty of it. But remember, we're going to overcome it. Why? Because we expect it and because we expect it to be hard. And that leads us, once we understand it and when, once we expect it to be hard, it leads us to an awareness that God can work even in the midst of that difficulty. Let me take you to Genesis 26. We're going to walk through Genesis 26 this morning. I think it's a great example for us of how we deal with and overcome adversity as, as God's people. 
We go back to Isaac in Genesis 26. And remember, it's Abraham and Isaac, okay? So Isaac now has been walking with the Lord after his father Abraham. He's been walking with the Lord. And we can see what happens when you walk with the Lord. He says, Isaac planted grain, had a good harvest that same year. And the Lord blessed him. And Isaac was so successful that he became very rich. Is Isaac in a good place right now? Absolutely. He is in a season of prosperity, right? He's in a season of prosperity. But there's a huge word here. You ready? If you're in a season of prosperity, don't trust your future to your prosperity. You have to keep your future based on Christ because adversity can be right around the corner. Do you get that? Don't trust your prosperity. You've got to trust the God who brings you prosperity because adversity can be right around the corner. And that's exactly what happens to Isaac. He's doing well, things are good. And then, verse 14, In fact, the Philistines were jealous of the large number of sheep, goats, and slaves that Isaac owned, and they stopped up the wells that Abraham's servants had dug before his death. What happened? Adversity. He's riding good. Everything's great until the Philistines get involved. They're angry. They're jealous. And so what do they do? They take dirt and they fill up all the wells. Now, you've got to understand, in Israel, water, in a guy like Isaac, in his position with all the goats and the sheep and the herds and all that stuff, water is like gold. I mean, it is exceedingly valuable. And a well... Having a well was the guarantee of prosperity. And adversity comes on him. All of a sudden, all the wells that Abraham had left him, all of a sudden, his inheritance of prosperity that Abraham had left him, symbolized in those wells, it's gone. They filled them all up. What does Isaac do? Isaac not only gets that adversity, he gets another word of adversity on top of it all. Because finally Abimelech, the guy that kind of ran the whole region there, Abimelech says, Isaac, I want you to leave our country. You have become too powerful to stay here. Double adversity. Not only are all his wells dried up now, but now he's kicked out. He's got to hit the road, pack up the sheep, the goats, everybody else, and hit the road. You're gone. Adversity? Absolutely. Isaac was in a season of prosperity, but adversity was right around the corner. And now he's got to deal with adversity. He's got to face the challenge. What does he do in the face of adversity? The answer for Isaac? He keeps on digging. He keeps on digging. He takes that step forward that says, I'm going to keep moving forward and I'm going to keep digging. Look what he does. Isaac left, and he settled in the, in the valley, and he cleaned out those wells that the Philistines had stopped up. And Isaac also gave each of his wells the same name that Abraham had given them. And while his servants were digging in the valley, they found a spring-fed well. What did Isaac do? He started digging. He started moving forward. He was in the middle of adversity, and yet he was not about to let adversity overcome him. Why? Because he knew the God of promise. He knew the promise on his life. And so he was ready to move forward. And he moved forward by doing what? Digging wells. 
He went back and he cleaned out all those wells and he didn't stop there. He dug another well. And look what happens. He digs this well and he hits the mother load. He hits not only a well that has some water in it, but he hits a spring-fed well. This is like never-ending prosperity on the way. He'll have water whenever he wants it. You think, awesome, great. What happens next? Adversity. But the shepherds of that valley quarreled with Isaac's shepherds, and they claimed the water belonged to them. So the well was named Quarrel because they had a quarrel with Isaac. What happened? Adversity. Adversity. What does he do? Does he just fold up his tents? Does he just say, that's it, I'm done, I can't overcome this, it's over? No. What's the next thing he does? Isaac's servants dug another well. <laughs> they dug another well. But what happened? Adversity. And the shepherds also quarreled about it. So that well was named Jealous. What's happening in his life? He keeps moving forward under the promises of God. He, he keeps digging a well. Now, now keep in mind, these guys don't have sophisticated devices that they can just walk through the desert out there and say, okay, you're going to find water if you dig right there. They got a shovel and they got land and they go, dig. That's it. What is he doing? He keeps digging. He keeps digging because he has already expected adversity in his life. He has already expected that God is greater than the adversity. It's not easy. It's difficult. But he keeps digging wells. And look what happens. Finally, they dug one more well. And there was no quarreling this time. And the well was named Lots of Room because the Lord had given them room and would make them very successful. What's the lesson? We should expect adversity. We know adversity is going to be hard. But you've got to keep digging. You've got to keep moving forward because our confidence isn't in our prosperity. Our confidence is in the God who has a promise over our life. And we just keep digging wells. Let me show you one more instance where that happens in the, in the people of Israel's life. It's after God has rescued them from Pharaoh and he's brought them out from Egypt and they've gone through the Red Sea. And the, and the text picks up in Exodus 15 that they left the Red Sea and Moses led them through the sure desert for three days before finding water. So they've gone three days without water, right? They did find water at Marah, but it was bitter, which is how that place got its name. So finally, they find a place with water, and the water is undrinkable. Ad adversity? Adversity, right? So they're in the middle of adversity. What do they do? The people complained. They complained, and they said, Moses, what are we going to drink? And Moses asked the Lord for help, and the Lord told him, throw a piece of wood into the water. Moses did so. And the water became fit to drink. So they seek God, and God provides, albeit by throwing a piece of wood in the water, and, and the water becomes drinkable. And now is a crucial moment in the people of Israel's life. They've been let out of slavery. They're at a place where they got water, albeit they got splinters floating in it, right? But it's drinkable. And they could stay right there. 
But God tests them and God challenges them. It says at Marah, the Lord tested his people and also gave them some laws and teachings. And then he said, I am the Lord your God and I cure your diseases. If you obey uh, me by doing right and following my laws and teachings, I won't punish you with the diseases I sent on the Egyptians. What's the question? Are you ready to follow? Are you ready to trust my promises? You've had some adversity. Okay, I get it. It was tough. You complained. But, but are, you ready to, are you ready to follow? They respond. They follow. And it says, Later the Israelites came to Elam, where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees, so they camped there. What did they find at Elam? Wow! They found a sandals all-inclusive resort. Right? I mean, they found everything you could imagine and want in a place that you want to hang out. They had a, a, a spring for every tribe. They had palm trees, could put the hammock up. This was an awesome, good place. Now, here's the key. Do you know how long of a distance it is to travel from Marah to Elam? One day. One day. If they would have stayed in Marah, if they would have given up on God and just settled for water with wood in it that's drinkable, they would have missed what God had in store for them. They had to trust God, what? One more day. Just give God one more day. See, that's what we do in adversity. That's how we overcome adversity. We just dig one more well. And, and we dig one more well, and we, we give God one more day. We, we expect adversity. We know it's hard and difficult. Of course it is. But we trust God more, and, and we just give God one more day, and we dig that one more well. And we say, listen, I know God is working in the midst of this adversity. I believe. Remember the question that Jesus asked the followers there, the disciples? Do, do you, are you ready to believe? Yeah, we believe. We believe that even in the middle of the most difficult of times in our life, God is able to do what God wants to do with each one of us. The key for us is to understand we overcome when we simply believe God more than we face and receive the challenge of adversity. We just believe God more. Now, Here's the cool thing. With Isaac, ship back to Isaac here. Isaac, he's, he's back in a good place. He's got a well again, right? And it says he went to Beersheba then. He followed the Lord and he went to Beersheba where the Lord appeared to him that night and told him, don't be afraid. I am the God who was worshipped by your father Abraham, my servant. I will be with you and bless you because of Abraham. I will give you many descendants. And Isaac built an altar there, and he worshipped the Lord. Then he set up camp, and his servants did what? How cool is that? Come on, that's pretty cool, right? They dug one more well. You see, he just followed in the face of adversity, and he just kept digging wells. Why? Because he believed the promise that was over his life. He believed the promise that God made to Abraham and now made to him. And he was willing in the midst of adversity, as difficult as it was, to just say, I'm going to trust that God is going to work in the middle of this adversity. Now, here's what's really neat. 
Remember where Isaac started geographically? Remember where he was? He was over here with the Philistines when we started, right? Now he's dug a well, he's dug a well, he's dug a well, he's dug a well, he's dug a well. He's followed God the whole time. God has provided him for him in the whole time with another well, another uh, uh, well of water. Now he's at Beersheba. What's cool? Beersheba is in the promised land. Think about that. Isaac was in the foreign land of the Philistines. And through the adversity, because he kept digging one more well, he moved closer to God into the place God always wanted him to be. Here's the question. When adversity comes, you expect it, you know it's going to be hard, you believe that God can even work in the adversity, can you receive the possibility that adversity is exactly the place God needs you to be so God can do what He needs to do in your life. That the adversity can be the very thing that draws you closer to Christ and the very place God wants you to be. That's how we overcome adversity. We overcome adversity. Because we can actually receive adversity. We can actually take adversity in because we expect it. We know it's going to be hard. We believe God is in the middle of it. And we understand this may be the very thing that God is going to use in my life to get me to the place He wants me to be at. This may be the very thing that God uses to shape me, mold me, chisel me, get those things out of my life that need to be out of my life that are barriers to Him, to get me to that very place of being in the promise that He has over my life. What does it mean for us? We overcome because we receive adversity and understand adversity can keep us in our purpose and keep us on our mission. It can keep us on our purpose and keep us on our mission. Isaac followed the Lord and he had to depend on the Lord in everything that he did. And the Lord used, the Lord used the adversity that Isaac faced. Look at the text again, what happens with Isaac. It says, Meanwhile, Abimelech had left Gerar and was talking, uh, taking his advisor, uh, Zuzas, and his army commander, Phicol, to see Isaac. And they arrived, and Isaac asked, Why are you here? Didn't you send me away because you hated me? Now look what they say. They answered, We know for certain that the Lord is with you. How'd they know that? How did they know that? They knew that because they watched Isaac in the middle of adversity. And they saw he dug one more well and God provided. 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 You see, they watched Isaac in adversity. And adversity was the very place that God used to open the eyes of those who were distant from him. Can you, can you receive the possibility and overcome adversity? When you understand it may be the very place not only God wants you to be, but the very place that God takes a stand to make a witness in somebody else's life. 
This is true. I know this is true because I've seen it at Christ Church. We, we've got people here at Christ Church who've gone through incredible adversity. Some things that you and I wish never will happen in our lives. And these folks, these Christ followers, have been able to receive that adversity as hard as it is and keep digging wells. And when it was over, to be able to make a stand before everybody who was gathered in the middle of it all and say, I believe God's promise over my life. They made a witness that people had to take note of. They made a witness that people had to step back and say, how do they do that? And the answer is clear. Only because of the power of Christ in their life. They expected adversity. They expected it to be tough. But they kept digging wells. They kept moving one day more for God. And in the middle of it, God worked. And in the middle of the adversity, God had them at a place where he needed them to be to make that incredible witness to somebody else so that somebody else who's living with the Philistines would move to the promised land. Isn't that incredible? What does it mean for us? It means for us to take what Paul says in Philippians and just understand and receive. We overcome when we understand what God can do in our adversity. Be brave when you face your enemies. Your courage will show them that they are going to be destroyed and it will show you that you will be saved. God will make all of this happen and he has blessed you. Not only do you have faith in Christ, but you suffer for him. You see how it works for us? We can understand and overcome adversity because we see it not only as the place God can do incredible things on us, but it's the place he can make the witness. It's the place that we can change lives because people are watching us and they're asking, how do they do that? Ultimately, for us, it means we overcome when we stay Christ-centered and not fall into the temptation of becoming self-centered. When adversity comes, we want to look at it and we want to say, oh, what is this going to do to me? We overcome adversity when we expect it, when we know it's going to be hard, when we believe God is working in it, when we accept it can move us closer to where God wants us to be in life and it can make a witness in somebody else's life because we see in adversity the possibility of Christ. The possibility of Christ in our life. That's kind of the final word for us. Above all else, you must live in a way that brings honor to the good news about Christ. Do you know there's no qualifications there? If you're in a season of prosperity, live to the honor of Christ. If you're in a season of adversity, it's still live to the honor of Christ. That's how we overcome. We overcome because we look at adversity and say, it's not about us. It's all about Christ. Let's pray. Father, thanks. Thanks for your promise over our lives. Your promise that says there is nothing beyond your reach and that you have already overcome the adversity and that, that you are willing to be with us in the difficulty and the challenge of it. But you just push us to dig one more well, to do one more day, to just keep moving forward because we know there's something in front of us that you're doing, that you're creating. 
and we pray. Give us such strength and trust in Jesus Christ that we can see adversity as the opportunity to take a stand for Him. Father, when adversity comes, let it be to Your glory. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.